On today's job board, we have the daily course setup, listener questions, homegrown, crew stories, and always, course happenings. This episode is brought to you by Bloody Marys. Bloody Marys. When you've had a bender the night before and an early tea time, nothing brings you back quicker. Bloody Marys, reviving golfers one sip at a time. And now, let's tee off. Episode number eight of From the Jingweeds. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening once again. We're going to go right ahead and uh, we're going to check in with my partner, Dan. What's up? Not much. I'm back. Ready for another round. Another round. Another round. Yeah, we were cruising last week. Let's get that energy cranked up here. This will be a good ride. So right off the bat, why don't we uh, cover what's going on at the golf course? I'm going to uh, let you all know we uh, air-fied tees this week. Uh, pulled a uh, 5 eighths tine. Sent a video up on uh, Instagram that shows that. Pulled the core, real clay soils, way deep, and then not much thatch. It wasn't too bad on the top, so I was kind of happy with how they uh, kind of made it through the season. Uh, took those plugs, spread them all over the golf course onto some of those weak areas that I talked about. Try to get those things grown in. Uh, Bermuda grass is it's coming. Uh, it's coming along fairly nicely, I think, so far. Um, I thought we were going to get through a little rough patch, but we had a little humidity the other day. It seems like the weather is leading towards early on our side for some, uh, maybe some early monsoons, I hope. But we had some action down east, big thunderstorm for a little rip, and definitely it was humid on Saturday. So hopefully that's a good sign to come. But I uh, raised the heights on the fairway mowers, uh, tried to get some more sunlight down to the Bermuda grass, get that growing. But other than that, um, that's pretty much it. Uh, well, I also verticut uh, a couple more holes, fairways and rough, um, but with the air and the tee boxes, that pretty much took my whole crew to clean those up because you got to scoop them all up by hand, and that's a long day for those boys. So I just got out there and verticut two holes um, this morning. So that's going along, so I'm almost done with the uh, back nine, I'll move to the front nine next week. And then nice. the week after that, we air five green. So just uh, keep pushing, keep pushing it and uh, get it growing. So what do you got going on? I mean, it's pretty much Groundhog's Day over there. We got, <laughs> we're still running the aggravator. We started top dressing the fairways. So we've been, over the last two seasons, we did a half inch on the fairways because we just got such hard soils. It's hard to get anything penetrating. So... We're looking at amending the soils with some sand, so we did a half inch the last two years. We got an inch down, and then this year we're just doing a quarter inch, so we just continue to do that. What I do is run that aggravator over that, which is that solid tine, deep. It's about a nine-inch tine, and it makes a lot of disruption. Then we'll, we'll top dress on top of that and drag all that in, so that's going on. Uh, I got a bulk gypsum application going down because... I got to mitigate those salts yeah. in my water. So, but every twice a summer, I'll drop to about a ton an acre. So, 
it's been been pretty good as far as my soil reports go and my calcium levels yeah. been increasing and the sodium decreasing so they and i think it reflects the you know the conditions of the golf course have been getting better um so this dealing with that water sucks and that's everything we do is deal with water and soils so airifying and then on the open golf course that we haven't sprayed out yet, we, we did verticut too. We, we just finished up fairways and approaches. I've seen a lot of Bermuda grass on my tees, a lot of Bermuda grass out of the, in the fairways. And even the closed golf course, I sprayed out, and I did that one-third rate, and it smoked everything. So I'm, I'm done. You're and, done with it? Yeah, yeah, and I would say I definitely see some my irrigation inefficiencies because yes, the areas sure. that are, were really working, I got some pretty good – for this time, the Bermuda coverage, I would say, is like 70 to 80% yep. of those areas. So now if we can go out there and just hammer the water. Like this morning, I was driving around, and there was a nice green area of Bermuda and then a little dry yep. hill. And I go, and the, the head was stuck, right? So we can find in those things. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to what it's going to look like. Yep. Going yeah, forward. I'm pretty positive, And I know we talked two weeks ago. We talked about how we thought we looked positive, And, uh, yeah, it's... It's moving along better than it seems in the past few years. So I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. So, I mean, this morning it was human. Yeah. And that comes with what we do early on in the season, too, you know, or yeah. getting that good stand of Bermuda grass before we go into overseed and then right. maybe starting to pull out that ryegrass early spray. All this is, you know, your timing. If you can hit that time right. And then obviously the main part is, is growing that strong yeah. stand of Bermuda grass. You know, the stronger that gets and in going into overseed, the better it is coming out. I'm looking forward to seeing what... So last year I didn't overseed quail run that one golf course. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward forward to seeing how that transition was on this golf course. If if that extra year of Bermuda growth yeah. made a difference on a, a stronger plant going into, you know, into yeah. overseed. And then if it had a better plant for transition. Do you um, think that would have any effect on what your membership would make that decision? Because I know you said that next year you're doing both golf courses, overseeding it. But would, do you think? I mean, I, th- I think it's, we don't have enough full-time summer members to make that change, you know, because. Yeah, yeah but they're getting a good golf course. Here. Yeah, but I think you go from green, Midwest, northern state, you want to come back to green. Yeah. When when you're used to playing off that condition, I don't care what you say. Even if you have the best stand of Bermuda grass, if it's dormant, there's a, I mean, like a psychological effect. And people yeah. don't see green grass, they're going to think it plays harder, or they're not going to, you know, it's too tight. Yeah. I think, like psychologically, maybe it doesn't play as good. No, it doesn't matter. I can be mowing both golf courses at 400. Yeah, right. And and it's always going to be tighter on the dormant grass just because it's brown. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. I think they expect to see that, and I don't know that it'll make an effect. The only way it would continue to flip-flop like that is if the summer members were loud enough to say, hey, because now we're going to roll out to my fairways on the non-overseed golf courses are pure. Yeah. you know. Yep. So they're going to basically go from the overseed golf course, we're going to close that in a couple of weeks, go to that other one, and not really skip a beat. Like We'll still have some, some thin areas where right. we're muted in yep. on the surrounds, but... The overall playability for the entirety of the summer makes a huge difference oh, yeah. for those members especially. And yeah. that, that goes back to when we first implemented it. You know, that that winter I was getting a lot of heat because they didn't like it. Right, yeah. The Towards the, at the end of the summer, you there was more people backing it. The voice was, you know, it was, this was pretty good. The right. summers were yep. awesome. The best summer, summer we had, best, we've yeah. ever had. Maybe it's not so bad to do that. But I don't. that faction's not big enough, right? 
I would say yeah. we're at a 70 30 where people leave and people stay. And so unless that grew big enough, I don't think it would ever make a difference. Huh. That'd be that's interesting because I don't know. Coming from my side, I, it seems just such like a no brainer. No brainer I mean, to flip flop them. I think it'd be awesome. And um, this might not be a popular opinion if the whole valley just ended up going in the direction of not overseeding. It would never yeah. happen. Yeah, it would never happen. But the cho- the chance to have two golf courses on the property, yeah. you know, to not take advantage of that seems crazy. I mean, because especially it's good in the wintertime. At a public, too. I mean, you lose that competitive advantage, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, that they're not overseeded. But if you go to Desert Canyon, they are. And why would, you know, yeah. why would I go play over there? It's hard. You know, you want this green lush. There's, there's a, like, a, I think a psychological effect to yeah, and you'd be missing out on trying to be the guy that cut the rates because you saved the money. Yeah, right. You know, you'd be missing out huge, I think. Yeah. Huh. I don't. I mean, like I said, it'll never happen in the valley. Yeah, money, money will push everything. Yeah, I, guess. I mean, the industry is humongous and it's multi-billion-dollar industry here, so that's fine. But until the expectation is for summer play is pure golf conditions, that's the expectation. Will it won't ever matter? Right. Crazy. Always, it's always, I've, yeah, I've talked about it a hundred times, it seems like, or even more times, and it just, it's hard to grasp. Where is that fine, is there a fine line, or are we on it right now? We're on the, we're right where we need to be. We don't use as much seed as we used to, Mm -hmm. overseeding. We're getting better. We know to grow a much, well, we've known forever to grow a much healthier, but we're doing it differently. We're prepping for overseed Mm -hmm. completely different now. So the golf courses are a little bit better in the summertime than they were 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, so well, I think maybe we think are on that fine that line. That goes more to an expectation. I think 15 years ago, it was, we don't care about summer conditions because people are paying $30. Right. You know, when rack rate in winter is 189 Yeah. You know what I mean? But now more and more people are figuring out they can stick around here because maybe it's not so bad in the heat. Yeah. You can play some really nice golf courses for cheap. Now that expectation has gone from, well, I paid fifteen bucks, so so what if it's fifty percent Bermuda? To, I paid eighty nine, or, or you know, I paid fifty, and the expect I expect to play on a good golf course. Right. So yep. the pressure on us to transition golf courses and make them pure is greater now than I think it was probably 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, that's definitely true. And there's more people. Yeah, you know, there's more, more people. people, so there's more opportunities. I feel like for it all. people still vacation here in the summers. I. Yeah. Do they come here to play golf? When when you think about it, think about living in Kansas City. It's ninety eight degrees, humidity's eighty nine percent. Like it's awful, yeah. miserable. I've lived it yeah. here. It's like well, yeah, it's one hundred and five. Yeah, but it, it's truly but dry and it's totally it's dry. You drink enough water and it's fine. Yeah, because we're out in it all day long, and I bitch come late August is when I'm really yeah. like I am done. Same thing as you know if you live where it snows. You know, it gets to the end of February, and you're like, okay, I'm I'm done with this shit. Yeah. You know, so. But anyways, uh, let's uh, let's uh, move on to our hot topic for the day. Uh, we're going to talk about um, kind of the daily course setup, what we do every day um, to get ahead of golf, you know, prep that golf course for play. And all of it's done, or as much as we possibly can, where no one ever sees it. So what is it that we do? Um. How is it that you start your day? Let's just kind of go through that. Like, what's the routine? Borderline, when's the alarm go off? You're in and you're doing. Yeah. 
I mean, the alarm's set for 4 o'clock. Right now, 5 o'clock start because tea times are at 7, and the sun's pretty much up, and it's cooler. So the earlier we can get into work, get yeah. work done, the earlier we can go home and not have to work in the heat. But uh, so we got the before pre-COVID was the morning meeting. Everybody, we all got together. Uh, Post-COVID is a little different. It's basically walk in and go see what your job is and you go out to your work. And if you have any questions, we're there. Yeah. Which maybe is the way we go now, but... It's pretty much the way we've been doing it for yeah. years now. You know, yeah. just kind of... We have a kind of shitty little break room. It's congested. Guys are trying... That's where the lockers are. They're all in the same spot. Yeah. So even though I only have 10 guys at most, it just gets cluttery in there. It's the same dudes I've had for a couple of years. They know the drill. They pretty much are doing the same jobs all the time, you know, unless we've got something else going on. So they just look at the board and off they go. Yeah, I think the only the only convenience of having the morning meeting is if the guy that doesn't show. It's right. Like the Greensmower didn't show up today. And, you know, if, if everybody else showed up around the golf course and now the Greensmower's not there, it's kind of the reshuffling. So having that morning meeting was nice, but I don't know if we'll ever go back because things are kind of, they're working. Yeah. Yeah, so. and if you got to get specific with someone, you just get specific with yeah. you know, I mean, that one or two guys. we got the, the two guys that have questions to... every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No matter, <laughs> you get out of a novel, yeah. like a step-by-step yeah. with the manual. Or and, bunkers every day, yeah. and he comes up to you, what am I doing today? <laughs> bunkers again? And it's like, yeah, that's yeah. what it says. It's Tuesday. <laughs> oh, it's Wednesday. Yeah, oh, it's Wednesday. It's, yeah, so uh, we do morning meeting. I think it's pretty standard. Uh, most priority number one is to get the greens mode. Yeah. So we uh, we triplex, just because of a staffing issue. But in uh, in reality, I I think the the quality of cut now for triplex is as good as a walker. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I even know the higher end clubs. You know, mm-hmm. even in the summertime, they're mowing with triplex. Yeah. You know, now just to save that guy, and you're right. The the cut is. Pretty much just what you do in walking. I think so. the only the only issue I would say with with the triplex versus walker is a cleanup lap. Yeah, but uh, I know companies out there doing they're doing some high speed stuff to get yep. that fixed. So the further we move in the future, I think triplex is going to be the future, right? Right. So going from three guys in the morning to one, it's a no brainer, especially yep. when the quality is is there for sure. So greens get mowed every morning. I'm sure, you do the same thing. Triplex your greens. Uh, or rolled, you know, in, yep. the, winter, in the winter time yep. when it will roll down times it's grown, it'll just be some days I just roll. Yeah, you know, we, we like to mow a couple times a week, even a mow and roll. Um, I've cut cups, we're cutting cups every morning, moving tea markers. Um, we got trash prior prior to COVID, we did water coolers every morning. Yeah. Um, we mow fairways two to three times a week when we can. Uh, definitely too if we get an extra day on a weekend or something yeah. we can get one done or if we got heavy growth we'll go out and do them again <clears throat> so I mean, pretty much all the mowing I think the main things every day is let's rake bunkers we gotta cut new cups and we gotta mow greens and I think a lot of non. this is for the the non-superintendent golfer listen that, that kind of understand what goes into yeah. setting up a golf course on a daily basis yes we cut new cups every day yes we mow the greens every day you know like yeah. we rake bunkers every single day yeah. So there's a lot that goes on. And then fairways are typically two days a week or three days a week. And then rough is just mode. It starts on one day yeah. and ends when he ends. And if yeah. it's, you know, we get a lot of growth going on, he just continues to keep going. Right. You know, maybe you got enough to send out two guys 
Um, you have a lot of rough on your golf course. So in the summertime, I'm sure you're mowing. Yeah, so you know, we go from machines. Seventy acres of overseeded turf in the winter to two hundred acres. You know, I basically grow yeah. one hundred and thirty oh. acres, and you know, July and August the Bermuda's oh, yeah. kicking. Yeah, and so I mean, there's times we're out there mowing, we chop up golf balls because they just got lost in the rough that are yeah. four you, feet off the fairway. You oh, can't even right. spray enough growth regularly. Yeah, it's when just, the humidity's going, it's going, and you know, like I said, one of those days that the dude doesn't show up and we're we're a day behind on mowing rough, then it, you know, it can be a disaster. Yeah. So mine, I start a little bit earlier than you. Uh, alarm goes off. Uh, first one's at 3.15. Second one's at 3.30. Got to leave the house by 4 and be there for 4.30. Uh, first tea time, 6 o'clock. And uh, yeah, we got... I got 10 guys, and that includes my mechanic and myself. My mechanic's mowing greens uh, a couple days a week. Uh, we do change cups every single day in season, you know, from overseed through to basically June 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh, every June 1st, we change it to, we do not change them on Tuesdays and Thursdays, just trying to save a guy so we can get some of these other things done. Yep. Uh, we rake bunkers every day with the COVID thing. And um, I think, at least in my place, we're getting away with doing them every other day right now right. because people seem to be, uh, or I'll just go around and hit the footprints, you know, big yeah. footprints, so that guy can do it while he's, you know, changing cups or maybe doing the water and ice or maybe, you know, someone will hit them real easy. You know, I just call it touch the bunkers, go out and just hit them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're doing water jugs. We have been for a couple of weeks now. So those have been out there. Like I said before, no one's really drinking them except for us on the golf Still. course. Yeah. They grab the cup from the ice machine up at the clubhouse. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know if they're... You know, it's hard to say we're getting less and less golf right now. So 70 golfers, 60 golfers a day yeah, that's what is a do. decent day. But, um, yeah, I don't. I just don't think people are using it. Uh, I think I see more people or I see more water bottles in the trash. Uh, so people are either bringing their own water bottles or whatever yeah. it is. But um, typically we're changing those too. Um, and then we mow rough three days a week in season, two days a week. Um that's two guys, one guy on the rough all the time. Uh, he, that's pretty job. much the only machine, the only thing he does. He does mow greens on other days here and there. What a job. That's yeah, my dream job when I retire. At the end of this. Give me the old thermos, the old green thermos thing. Oh, yeah. I'm still going to have this same one. I'm going to rock the one that's in my hand. Thing's going to be fucking nasty. Remember that old like green thermos thing that had the cup on top? <laughs> I just need that bad boy filled mm-hmm. to the top of coffee. Yeah. Put my earbuds in. Oh, oh, no, I need the radio antenna. Yeah, the old school. Yeah. <laughs> I need that. Oh, what are we going to be Just listening to? The Nike Monarchs. <laughs> Actually, that isn't even going to be a job. That's going to be all... It's, it is going to be automated, yeah. It's going to be automated. You know, that's coming around the corner. So when we have this podcast going in year like five, we'll tell you the same story and we'll just be like, yeah... I, I came in today, my assistant showed up, and then I had another guy there. We programmed the machines, and they took off. We drove around, made sure no irrigation was stuck on, touched up a couple bunkers, changed a cup, and off we went. Everything else was mowed by. Sounds like a dream job. Uh, yeah, automated machines. Yeah, so that'll be interesting those days. But um, So we go around also... There's one guy got to blow car paths, got to check the bathrooms. Uh, we got to make sure those are cleaned every single day. 
um, blowing any debris, picking up sticks. Um, you got I got a lot of pine trees around four of my greens. Had windy night this past uh, Sunday night or Saturday night. Sunday they were covered in pine needles. <laughs> so I got four dudes working on the weekend. You know, one's mowing greens, one's raking, bunk, touching up bunkers. The other one's supposed to be basically turned into cleaning bathrooms and blowing off greens for that guy. <laughs> that was it. And so no car pass got blown. <laughs> Nothing else got picked up. Trash, I was like, we don't have enough golf. The trash stays, you know, change the water jugs, touch up bunkers and blow greens. So it's a lot of work for, you know, a couple guys, but, you know, you just kind of get that system and everybody just kind of does their job as they cruise around and it yeah. gets done. Some, it, and still some days it amazes me. Wow. We got all that done before golf, you know, because yeah. you might I mean, have a couple little I projects. Think, I don't think golfers even understand. Like, oh, you cut cups every day. Yeah. You mow greens every single day. Yeah. yeah. Every, every morning. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to goes in. To and what? then when you're top dressing greens or do got something like that going on, that all has to happen as well ahead yeah. of play. You know, so, um, you know, I know there's guys out there, especially it happens more back east and in the Midwest, I believe. They do a little bit more later in the afternoons. Um, I remember at the club that was down the road from where I grew up, they did a lot of, you know, maybe the top dressing they did in the evening and let that nighttime irrigation water just you know push yeah. it in but you know that was pretty much the only thing they were irrigating so it took two hours to water all the greens yeah you know, no whatever it was where ours takes you know at this point five hours six hours to yeah. water the whole golf Plus, course can you imagine the top dresser they're using that <laughs> oh i know <laughs> exactly yeah was, I'm, I'm sure that was a beauty compared to what we're running today we do so, have the luxury of pretty pretty nice equipment even now oh for sure yeah my top dress is awesome and it's 12 years old yeah you know you get those things you can take care of them change the belt make yeah, sure I mean, the spinners are good lube the thing and it'll last forever yeah they sit 90 percent of the year yeah so that helps having good equipment to get some of these jobs done in a more efficient manner you know oh yeah the old triplexes mowing greens those things took forever <laughs> or the old jacobson's with the three knobs you know you're running all three of the reels at the same time it was like you needed another arm two two pedals all the levers and you got to steer this thing in a straight line and somehow get it all back up when you got to the end of the run away no away no crazy so we get good stuff done makes the job a lot easier um so um anything else you want to move on to the uh, listener question or you got anything else you want to cover on what we got going on in the morning not, not much no we can move on to listener question all right let's move on to the <clears> listener <throat> question Fire it up. I know it's from uh, right out of the rough. As we push through the transition here in Arizona, and we know how good and pure Bermuda grass golf courses can be, would you rather play a dialed-in Bermuda course or a wall-to-wall overseeded course? That's a question to you, Dan. For me, I'm, I'm going to go wall-to-wall overseed. You're going to go wall-to-wall? You, for me, part of it is I don't oversee my rough and that like the Bermuda rough chipping or hitting chip shots out of there, it kind of flops up like a toupee. Yeah. I don't, I don't like the playability of like the, the, I don't know the floppiness of the Bermuda in my rough. That being said, the week probably prior to overseed the Bermuda grass on the golf course, it just looks, you kind of dried down a little bit. It looks fast and pure and it's really good to play. I would say the best my golf course is ever going to be is that one week prior to overseed. 
But I just the the wall to wall overseed. It seemed like you have that little cushion of the the dormant Bermuda with that nice, freshly cut ryegrass. It just looks good. It plays phenomenal. I I prefer that the wall to wall overseed. But like I said, if you give me my golf course the one week prior to overseed, I'll I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. I think I'm going to go the other direction. It's not even really just to play devil's advocate, but I think I'd play a year-round. I would play, I'd rather play a Bermuda grass golf course. Um, I think you get a better year-round condition, obviously. Sure. Um, it's going to be fast and firm in the wintertime. Uh, didn't know. I got to keep trying to take the taking care of this out of this question because it's really just playing it. Uh-huh. Um and then the summertime, it's going to be pure all over the place. You know, there's going to be grass everywhere. It'll be a totally different golf course because of how it plays, you know, with that gravy Bermuda grass everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm going to go that direction. Now, what would you rather take care of? It's not his question. Oh, year-round Bermuda grass. Year-round. That's not even a no, no-brainer. No-brainer. Even with the divots and the high play and what you got to try and do to yeah, recover your I'm going to take it. I'll take it all day. All right. Well, and that, I don't know. I mean, that's specific to where I'm at now with bad water and bad soils and bad transitions. Like, yeah. I've been in situations where you're in blow sand, like Colorado River water, like purest waters. Yeah. And transitions are fairly easy and conditions are pure year-round on that wall-to-wall overseed. It's really good. Yeah. And he's thinking now, about playing out of the rough on a wall-to-wall overseed. Fact, his that. question is here in Arizona, though. Well, I think I'd rather manage... F- Still at, full Bermuda Yeah, at my grass. place, I would do Bermuda grass year-round. Okay. Yeah, for, I... for playability, I just I don't like that overseed. I mean, again, the look plays yeah. into that. Right, know? yeah. Yeah, it does. See, I think... Overseeded golf courses, playability-wise, when does you you know when do you get to the point where you think it's good? Like it's all right. The golf course is good. You just came out of overseed. It sucks. Yeah. You know what's funny is like uh, the first cut out of overseed, like your first mow after overseed. The golf course looks unbelievable. Unbelievable. Stripes everywhere. It looks beautiful. And then two weeks later, it's still just like two leaf blades it's yeah. all shitty it's like people driving all over it for a month and i think january one is when i think we've hit our stride that we've got enough n- enough fertilizer in there the plants robust it's tiller now like i think that's when we're gonna look january one is where we're hit we've hit our stride you've hit your stride and one month later you're thinking of ripping it out oh yeah it's like <laughs> when, when can we start spraying this is this? the great that's the craziest thing and I, I don't know how much of that has to be with i'm I'm tired of maintaining ryegrass, or I'm just tired of dealing with the, with 400 golfers. Right? Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. It's yeah, like, true. I know when we go to Bermuda grass, and we're gonna go down to 50 golfers. Right, but it's also it's you're already thinking of ripping it out for to take care of that Bermuda yeah, right. grass that we're not even playing. Oh, definitely here. March 1st. I'm looking around for Bermuda immediately. Yeah, like, how are we gonna get rid of this ryegrass to get this thing going? And I think it's February one is kind of the calendar for me every year it's like all right now we're going out there with the you know verticutter yeah we're just going to tickle it but you know it'd be great to have groomers on the fairway units yeah. we had those up at highlands and i think that helps you know the whole time you're just thinning that ride thinning that ride thinning that ride yeah. all the time and just keeping the bermuda you know ready to go ready to go but anyways that's crazy that we 
you oversee these golf courses and you get one month where this yeah. guy that grows it thinks because I'm right in the, I'm kind of in the same boat like that everything's heights are lowered it's firm you know because it's all dried out you've had some good weather uh, it's become very mature it's taken the beating you've thrown a little bit of urian iron on it or yep. a little dust of paint oh shit whoops did I just tell everybody that everybody paints their golf course <laughs> uh oh secrets out yes die goes out there um but for one month, you're, you've got your ryegrass where you want it. And 31 days later, I yeah. need to start thinking about getting rid of this. And how shitty a cycle. Like, oh, i got to get rid of it. And then you spend all summer long growing in a golf course, and finally it's good the week prior to overseeding. What do you do? You whack yeah. it down, you put That's seed on it. fucking just keep smashing How does that not drive somebody insane? That's yeah. what we're going to have to talk about some week is the stress and what drives it. Right? Yeah. Like, it's the passion for what you're trying to do. I mean, yeah. that's our... For, I mean to even go ah, you know it's, <laughs> it's, it's well you know Dude. you know what it was, it was <laughs> oh, I don't want to go you know like oh it's so artsy it's our palette <laughs> you know we just paint it out there but that's what it is it's you know at the yeah. end of it all is to make it look as good as you possibly can that's yeah. what drives you you know keep growing and learning you know you're learning every day you're out there oh, trying to... something new I felt like you know you've done this I've done it 17 times. And you still don't know the right formula for everything, yeah. right? How much is how much has changed over those 17 overseeds? Like you've probably gone um, from whacking it down to bare dirt. The first year yeah. um was whacked down and the second year was starting. How with many chemicals. different chemicals you've gone out there with and yeah. everybody had the right formula, but I think to me, I I, I think maybe we I talked to you about it or somebody it's like you think of how many overseeds have gone down just in, in this valley and maybe in Palm Springs alone where 200 golf courses here, 110 there, between 330 go- 310 golf course. Sick math guy. Yeah, 310. Nobody Plus Vegas. Has, Plus Vegas. Well, yeah, Vegas. Throw, you know, nobody out of that many superintendents that have done it for this many years, nobody has the right formula for Overseed, this is exactly, there's no book. Yeah, This right. is exactly what you do. It's going to be perfect. And then when you transition, this is exactly what yeah. you do because it's going to be perfect. I've tried probably, I mean, I've done I've done six, I think seven years of overseeds and two golf courses each year. So I guess 14 total overseeds. But every time I think we did something a little different. We yeah. sprayed reward or we sprayed this or we sprayed that. or And then we didn't, we didn't spray, you know, like. Yeah. No, no two overseeds has been the same, and that's over fourteen overseeds or, or seven years, seven overseeds, and no transition's been the same. Yeah. Like, yeah. Every year's been totally different. So it's crazy. Like, when are we going to figure out the formula? <laughs> yeah. I think it's a, the book on it's real tough. It's the book for your place. Yeah. You know? I think it's all weather related, man. Yeah. It's, just, I mean, it, everything plays a role into yeah. it. You know. Right. I, I mean, yeah. If you if you got two inch ryegrass and it's July one, you're not gonna have any Bermuda there, right? Right. So that 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 stuff we can control. But I what I mean is like no, I don't. Nobody's got it figured out, and I don't know if we ever will. And when's it ever gonna? We're always gonna be tinkering and changing. And, yeah, I think what would have to stop, or at least us really start to hone it in, is stop with the making of so many chemicals. You know, because it seems every couple of years is, oh, here comes the next, you know, silver bullet that's going to take it out. And, oh, you only have to spray this much, but it costs this much. You know, it's a very expensive, but it'll work. And 
guys move on and off and yep that whatever that didn't do anything different you know but that's another different approach to it is that one year they got into this new product that came out so they're going to try that this year you know i think you know what i've did this year was the two different products and i probably want to move with that you know a little bit next year kind of maybe do the same thing or maybe another year another change yeah exactly (laughs) yeah and but i kind of want to keep the same ones that i have now you think you're right when you say the change comes with the chemicals yeah but anyway so i cut you off no no that's fine it's keep the conversation going it's uh so that's the kind of the point is every year is and I don't think any. We all spray something different. The guy next door sprays something. Well, they I sprayed a couple. I I don't know what you spray. I I put out a manuscript on the front and revolver on the back. Okay. Yeah. I, I saw manuscript on uh, sixteen in the halls and seventeen uh, six and seven were done with uh, tribute total. Yeah. So I have a I, lot more weeds over there. Yeah. But it was also hey, I just want to change this. Yeah. That guys, you tribute total. Revolver, Monument, there's Manuscript, there's, yeah, there's some so guys many mix all, you know, it's, I don't know. One of these days, maybe we'll get there. One of these days, I think it's uh, with the less rye or the rye grasses, you know, take those things. For how long were we fighting for a rye grass that stuck around that was more yeah. heat tolerant? You know, so maybe if we went back to those annual rye grasses you know that are going to burn out real quick but they don't look so good yeah you know um i know some guys that are mixing that into their mix you know just to hopefully that'll die off or maybe some fescue uh, i think next year that's i'm going to try and throw some fescue in there here's when the heat hits that's that shit's gone i think we fought for so long to have strong rye grasses and we're biting our ass ourselves in the ass right yeah. now because we asked for, and look what we got. We got the well, killer bee, the shit that doesn't go away. Think about it. We, get, we spray, I mean, I, I spray urea and iron every week. Just keep going, going. And now I got this big, robust plant <laughs> yeah. when it's time to kill it, right? For, what do you say, one month of, of yeah. really good, maybe you keep it lean. Like I know dudes that keep it lean, and they have maybe they have better transitions. Yeah. I've always, one question that I've always posed, and I'm, I don't know if I've got the answer yet, so maybe you have it. Let's imagine... A square foot. If you chuck, uh, you're going to go oversee a thousand pounds an acre, or you oversee five hundred pounds an acre. What are you going to transition better yet? Are you better off with in that square foot with ten thousand plants that are pretty weak? Yeah, because they, right? they've got no room to there's, move. Yeah, there's no competition, uh, and then that's better off for Bermuda transition. Or are you better at going with instead of ten thousand, you go with one thousand. But then you've seen voluntary rye in the rough. Yeah. One seed makes a plant six inches around and you can't kill it. <laughs> right. Right. So now you have a thousand healthy, robust ryegrass plants. Is that going to outpace the Ramita more than the thousand? So are you better off transitioning it with a higher seed rate or are you better going low? I, and nobody, has, I don't know the answer and I pose it to you. I pose it to probably five other people yeah i maybe i sound like a fucking idiot no i yeah i know i don't think you sound like a fucking idiot well you sound like a fucking idiot well, yeah. not over that um i don't know i guess i don't know the answer either um when i first started it was up in the close to thousand pounds yeah. an acre um that was also when we were burning it down a little bit uh, lower to the ground the bermuda grass so the transition wasn't so great in the anyways um but i think 
the 400 pound area it's kind of i don't know 300 i've seen them at 300 they look great because i'll um, tell you like i, I my answer is guys, i don't know yeah but i think with so somebody this, give all, an answer. Re- this all comes back to that cash and that money thing is make it look great when it's the most expensive and that's kind of our philosophy at our place yeah. You know, we found that happy medium. I don't think I'll ever change my seed rate, whether it's up or down. Well, I think I, I always, my assumption was everybody always went at a higher seed rate just for that initial, because you're going to have more plants, right? right? When you open up after 20 days of closure, you're going to look more full because you got more plants yeah. out there. January 1, a 750 pound rate looks like a 300 pound rate. Right. Right. Like you, you're not going to be able to tell the difference. You wouldn't stay on the fairway back. Oh, that's 300. That's 70. Right. They all look the same. Yeah, but maybe you're better answer. off going like two thousand pounds, and now you have these weak ass ryegrass plants that now the Bermuda just smokes them. Yeah, I know some guys that overseed when they overseed greens, uh, they do that. You know, they just load them with I hear numbers up into the forty pounds a thousand. You Holy know, and it's like wow, this top dressing with seeds. I've seen them. You know, I pretty much it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but they transition fine, and that's kind of his thought process is that it never builds up such a strong plant because it's, you know, one little leaf blade, mm-hmm. two little leaf blades. Because I've done both. Yeah. Um, I keep mine fairly high, but I got 328. They transition just fine. Yeah. You know, so that's not really that big of a problem. But I don't go up into that high, but I'm in the 22, 23 pounds. <laughs> they got so boring for people. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> just Sorry, listening to our conversation. Way too technical. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, and maybe this is the nerd, the nerd episode. This yeah, it's good. The, this is for the grass growers in the world. That'll <laughs> be really geeked yeah. out about it. Yeah, those dudes cut out after after setup. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, they go home right after that. Fuck it, we're going home too. <laughs> Pack the bags. Jesus. Yeah, that was zoned out right there. That was a hell of a listener question. Yeah. Shout Turf out, nerd will love that. Yeah, <laughs> Turf nerd Gabe will love that little chat. Um, I got another question. Um, this Bring one uh, comes from our one of our friends, listeners out there in uh, Australia. He hit me up on Instagram. His name's Jackson. Uh, he says, uh, "Hey mate, been following your page and podcast for a while and loving them. I'm very keen. I'm a very keen apprentice greenskeeper and almost qualified with massive passion and commitment." Do you have any tips for me uh, for the next few years? Cheers. I'm going to start off by asking, the fuck is an apprentice greenskeeper and what is qualified? <laughs> it's like a super assistant superintendent. No shit. It's just the whole <laughs> yeah. the jargon was funny when I first <laughs> read like, it. Sounds like he breaks books. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's, uh, a, he's a turf my, technician. My greenskeeper ones, they rake bunkers. So yeah. your apprentice would be, I don't know what you want to do. No. Just kidding. We know what you are. You're equivalent <laughs> to an assistant superintendent out here in the States. Um, my, I guess my tip is if you're committed and you say you got the passion that you have, I think that's step one and step two for this business. Uh, it's not very glorifying. to. It's glorifying to us. Uh, we're the last guys that ever get thanked. Um, it's kind of a... Some days we're just stuck down in that little hole. You know, and those guys are just the maintenance guys. You know, no one talks, no one waves, or at least in my place. So you've got to have some sort of passion for it. 
Um, otherwise, you'll get run right over in this with the stress and everything else. But then you've got commitment. Find the dude that you trust, that you're learning from, and pick yeah. his brain because it's going to be the most you'll ever learn. Uh, no book, no seminar, anything. You won't get any of that out of somebody no. that knows what he's doing or she's doing and can allow you to screw up, fuck up, you know, make your mistakes, but learn from them and keep grinding. Someone will pick you up, and at some point, there'll be a job for you if you're committed and passionate. Yeah. For me, one of the main thing is be willing to move too. Like I've I've grown grass in the transition zone, so I've got experience with that cool season, warm season. We go down in the southwest, cool season, warm season. Be willing to move and, and learn as much as you can. Yeah, if the opportunity is there, take it. You know, if you've got the ability, you know, yeah, I know it worked uh, for me. You know, when I first started, I think the best thing was in this business, it's a weird thing to say, is being single. Yeah. Um, I know you were married, you know, or close to married when you were. Yeah, we were getting, married. But yeah, you were she married. She what she was in for. Yeah. All right. So there's commitment right there. You know, yeah. you got to have the committed other half that, you know, you could pack your bags because you moved a couple times, right? Yeah. She's an absolute trooper. I mean, it, it, Part of that, I think, comes from being my my dad, retired Air Force, grew up all over the United States. Her dad, retired Air Force, she grew up all over the United States. Yeah. So, so it was ingrained. nothing for me to be like, all right, we're going to Kansas City. And then, oh, you're eight months pregnant. Guess what? We're going to we're going to California. Yeah. All right. No, nothing. No questions asked. All right. It was just it. the way it was yeah, done. So, yeah, I just I never had that. It was all my move choices were my yeah. move choices. But I think for me, um being single and kind of doing what I needed to do, that helped me. I think the best this. thing you said, though, is, is find somebody that's going to that's gonna help you in your career. Find a smart, hardworking dude that's going to get you on the right path. And I think even if it does, if you're, you have or, the ability you know, to, is take a step backwards if you can't go forward, you know, just to move, to get in the right position. Yep. Uh, I know plenty I mean, of guys that have done that plenty of times. You be know? it and be a sponge. Learn. I mean, ask questions all the time. If you don't know, just ask. Yeah. So there's your answer, Jackson. And uh, if you want to move to the states, yeah. um, <laughs> come, to Ari- come to Arizona. Yeah, here's a tip. Someone <laughs> will hire you. Yep. I promise you. We're always all looking. So back I'll to back. Application. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you should be a, an apprentice to Actually, the bunker anchor. I'll probably if you got all this going on, I'll just hire you. Mm. So come on over. We need a guy, not an apprentice one, <laughs> yeah. or whatever it is. Because yeah. I got one of those. <laughs> but anywho, uh, why don't you? Uh, what do we got for the homegrowners? Since we got a little technical, yeah. And uh, if you guys are still listening, you guys are yeah, wondering homegrown. Uh, what you can do to your yard. So cool season grasses probably you're you guys probably moving into the more warmer parts of the summer so I would raise your heights heights on the turf maybe like three inches in a cool season turf yeah make sure you're getting an adequate amount of water and one inch a week uh, you can cut off the fertilizer applications from moving on your that cool season turf is going to go into a semi dormancy in the summer yeah. so no no need to pump fertilizer to it's just going to sit there and then when it wakes up you're going to be bailing hay yeah on that. <laughs> The real mower, yeah, exactly. Yeah, half an inch. Yeah, uh, warm season turfs, probably time to start fertilizing that. Yep, right. Heights of what one or two inches. Yeah, I got mine about an inch, inch and a half right now. Uh, Bermuda grass is coming along good. 
Uh, so probably thinking about fertilizing that this week, maybe next week. Yeah. Keep pushing. I up the water quite a bit. So. Oh, it's been hot. Yeah. It's so hot. And my front yard just cooks. Just Does cooks. It? That's pretty much transition. The edge that's... you got on that front lawn is pretty spectacular. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah that's, well, that's to conserve water so it doesn't go wheeling down the Oh, is it? You have flood irrigation? Huh? You have flood? Uh, no. Yeah. No, it's sprinklers, but that's to catch it all. It looks phenomenal. Pulled in today. And that was the uh, past superintendent. <laughs> yeah. That was the past superintendent that lived here that put that in. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, helps keep the water in so it doesn't go running down the street and wasted. Nice. So. Oh, sorry, I was uh, a little dry throat there. <laughs> this chatting's got me. It's killing me sometimes. It's late at night here while we're recording shit. It's, it's for us that have to wake up early in the morning. It is 10.46 p.m. Yep. on Tuesday evening. So Wednesday morning is going to suck. You got to get ready for and 35 We got Hack tickets. Attack tomorrow. Hack Attack kicks off. So by the time you guys listen to this, we'll have already played. Got Hack Attack tomorrow at my golf course. It's the first one of the season. Got uh, 36 guys on the sheet right now. A couple of them are question marks. We're playing at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Should be running 111. 110, 111 degrees by then. I think we got a little heat wave coming. This weekend's supposed to cool back down below back 100. 91? Yeah, that's what I saw. Uh, so that'll be a nice little... I think it's there for two days, and then yeah, next Monday or Tuesday, it's back 105, 106. So we'll be uh, buzzing around out there playing the Skins game and hopefully get it done in three hours. You're not putting for a birdie. Pick it up. And uh, so with this starting at... 3.30 tomorrow morning. It's going to be a long day. I think we do have, uh, was it either superintendents, crew members. We got a ballpark guy coming from the Dodgers Stadium. Uh, got uh, Chris coming up from Tucson. So we got some dudes driving some distances, which is cool. Nice. Getting in, uh, you know, get those guys involved. Uh, the Tucson guys, if you guys are listening, let's get a hack attack going. We got some dates open. Let's uh, make a road trip down to Tucson. Maybe turn it into a late afternoon round at one place and uh, early morning at another and drive back up. Probably wouldn't be a bad little two-day getaway. <laughs> wouldn't be bad. So let's push it. Um, if anybody's listening, you guys know some contacts down there in Tucson a little bit better than I do. If not, we'll reach out to you and we'll get that uh, going down there. But I think out of the 36, I believe I counted 23 superintendents or assistants. Nice. And the rest are uh, vendors. Uh, so that's good good turnout right there i know in years past some of those vendors you know they get out there and they're like oh man you know because it's good it's a great networking yeah. point you know you might be able to chat with someone you might make business uh you never know what's going to happen so years past it's always been kind of like you know vendors like man we're showing up here and it's just other vendors i'm yeah. playing with you know and that's it's still good to get out there and play golf and get to know some guys whatever but it is an opportunity for them to Maybe sneak in, a, at least get to know you. That opens the door, you know, yep. for the relationship. It's not like they're going to sit out there and start something. Do not try and sling me products <laughs> while we're playing hack attack. Yeah, you know, do not. Place. Exactly. Just do not. <laughs> so um, we'll make that conversation later. But anyways, it's a good time. So uh, let's get that going. Uh, what else we got? Good. Uh, you want to hit your yeah, quick, been dying to tell yeah, this crew quick, story. Quick crew story before we uh, we head out tonight. So it's my first week uh, at the at the last property I was at. My first week, I uh, so I'm like this 
new job. I'm all fired up. So there's this one guy, like, yeah, this dude's on the crew. He's out this week. He had something going on. Like, I don't know if he rolled his ankle or anyway, but he kind of got the idea that the guy wasn't all in, you know. So anyway, the dude shows up to work first day, and uh, he's on bunkers, and I wheel over. He's probably halfway down. He's on number nine. And uh, I had already checked the bunkers, and they weren't very good. And, and so I was like, hey, dude, uh, you like you need to go back and fix these bunkers or whatever. And he uh, he starts crying. He's like, dude, my, you know, he was, he had this family. He had this big thing this weekend, and he was starting, he was getting a little emotional. I was like, all right, dude, like, sorry to hear it. But uh, we still gotta still gotta fix a bunker. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he so I get in my car and start driving away. I turn around. And he he throws his rake at the at the cart. So I'm like, okay. So I ring up the superintendent. I'm like, hey, we got a little situation. It's my first weekend. I've never met this dude, and I'm on a whole like on a new property. I'm like, we got a little bit of a situation over here. Like the guy's a little a little angry. He's like, I'll be there. So anyway, by the time he gets there, he's on number 10. And this guy is, and, and my boss gets over there. He's like, dude, like, what's going on? And the guy lifts his shirt over his head. <laughs> he's like, like just be- get away. Like Beavis? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And he's got, he's got the bunker rake over his head, double fist. And like, and he's like, just get away. All you got to do is leave me alone. And I'm, and I'm thinking there's going to be a fight. <laughs> like, what is going on? So uh, my boss get like somehow calms him down, gets him back to the shop. They start wheeling back to the shop. By the time I get up there, the dude punches a dent inside in the ice machine and just walks off property. And I was like, "Wow, what? Never to be seen again." No, I never saw him again. Wow. Started walking down the street. Jesus Christ! And I was like, "Oh, this is uh, a." <laughs> I had a, uh, <laughs> I had a kid one day. Rules. I had a kid one day go after my mechanic. Because my mechanic told him, you know, you got to stop hitting rocks or whatever it was. And uh, he just walked over to him and he's like, hey, man, you're causing issues with this. And the kid snapped, absolutely snapped. And he gets right in his face. My old mechanic, I wouldn't I wouldn't screw with him. And uh, he was a grizzly man, grizzly boy. And uh, so he just comes walking back to the shop and just nonchalantly, you know, just kind of looks at me. And he's like, you got to fucking take care of this kid. <laughs> And just walks right past me. So I'm like, oh, man. So I go over there. I'm like, what is going on? What is going on? He's like, oh, he's screaming and yelling at me, calling me a fucking idiot and all this and that. And I'm like, all right, that dude, yeah, he probably was, you know. And I was like, what's he telling you? He's like, oh, he's telling me that I'm hitting, you know, rocks or whatever, you know, with the machine. I'm not looking, you know, inspecting the green before I'm mowing. It's causing damage and that. And I'm like, yeah, man, those are his machines. The kid snaps at me. I'm going to kick your fucking ass and starts all this stuff. I'm like, holy shit, dude. I was like, you, in my office right now. I was like, I hit him in there and I uh, grab another kid that was in there at the time. I was like, dude, just be a witness here. This is not going to be good. He screamed up and down, effed me up and down, told me I was the biggest fucking idiot and all this stuff. It was just like, dude, where is this coming from? Where, Where yeah. is this coming from? You don't know my fucking problems, isn't that? And I'm like, you're absolutely, I sure don't, and I don't need to know. He starts walking off. He's crying at this point. All of a sudden, changes to crying. This dude, walking out the door, is crying. And so I walk up to him. I'm like, hey, man. And I'm down, guys. So it's like one of those things. Like, 
I could really use you, but I can't put up with this bullshit. You know, uh, if you need a couple days off, you know, go cool your head. But before you come back and think you're coming back to work, we're going to have to have a serious sit down. Dude's all calm down right now, right? And I'm like, okay, this is all right. I was like, why don't you just take a couple fucking days off? You know, chill out. I'll see you on Monday or whatever it was. Monday, what the fuck? I need this fucking job. And he starts losing it again on me. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I was like, dude, go. I was like, there was your chance. I was like, I just handed you a chance. You got to (laughs) go. Screaming and yelling at me. All of a sudden, dead quiet, hops in his car. Never to be seen again. He worked there there like three months. (laughs) It's the wildest. It's the wildest thing. Yeah, never. No. Well, he came to the office up to the pro shop to pick up his check. That was it. That was it. Didn't I never saw him again? (laughs) Crazy shit. Yeah, we get some buttes that come through. I got. I could go on forever. Oh, I got stories. Go on forever. We'll just. uh, Every so often, we'll just throw those in there as we yeah. keep it going for some entertainment to end the evening. But uh, to uh, thank everybody out there for listening, uh, I know it was a weird episode. Kind of got geeky there for a minute, then we kind of buzzed all over the place. Like we said, it's late night here tonight. Dan's got some uh, Scottsdale blondes going. <laughs> I got the coffee and the water. <laughs> got that going on. And uh, so, anywho. Remember to follow us on Twitter, FJingweeds, and uh, check out uh, on Instagram. We got uh, from underscore the underscore jingweeds. And uh, remember, you can always email us with a question. It seems to be working that everybody's hitting us with the Twitter or with the uh, Instagram, so that works. Um, but if you're interested, it's from the jingweeds at gmail.com. And uh, keep listening, man. We're enjoying this. So from here, from Studio 2. Yeah, because we started at Studio One was yours. We're going to say later. Big thanks to uh, Andy, our producer. See you guys later. Love you, Mom and Dad.